This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. guys yes Dwayne has not called in but we have got lots of things going on with the people in this podcast believe it or not this isn't the only thing we do surprisingly there's there were emergent situations that I found out about right before we got one so right. not not the kind that it's urgent where arms are going to fall off there are no anything. hospitals involved it's but just good friend stuff friendship yes the, 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 the inefficiencies of friendship exactly <laughs> Uh, Dwayne was up all night. He got to bed at five thirty. Oh, geez. So he's out. So he's out. I'm. I'm. I would hope he's out because oh, yeah. he should get some sleep. Yeah. Well, I was up until two thirty. Is there? There's not that much difference. You know, my bedtime went like it's. It's been um earlier and earlier as I get older and have to do more work. So oh, there's going to be a time where you, if you haven't eaten at five in the afternoon, it's late. Yeah, that's um. I still don't have a good eating schedule. Honestly, it's just kind of whenever I get off work or. And have time, but um, I will tell you this so we're prepared. Yes, we got a good program for you today. Yes. Uh, this is legal Monday, but it's without Victoria because I she's coming, she's coming to the end of her tenure here, and at the end, I let them write a whole lot more original things. In other words, that she originates it and she's got a big project, she's the original involved. work, yeah. So. And so, uh, and I gotta tell you, that's a smart girl, my woman, not my woman, <laughs> my goodness, that woman is, is intelligent. <laughs> That came out funny. That was a weird one. Um, so we're talking about yeah. Coach Chuck Knoll today. I don't know about that. But 1969 to 1991 Steelers coach. I know all about him. Mm-hmm. But that's that's what we're talking about today? Yeah, that's in my notes. The Steelers, Three River Stadium. Um, is okay. that not it? Okay, no, I'm sorry. No. She <laughs> I'm did being it you. back to us. She did it to me. You know, you know this, the one legal one, what I kind of want to focus on today, Coach Sarah's going to be talking about the Colorado. Um, litigation where they they took they tried to take Trump off the ballot by the Supreme Court. There, I think is right. That is it. Yes. And th- we have that. And then I, I want to talk a little bit today. That's going to be not that much, and I'll explain why. But we will update you on what happened with the immunity. Where in Washington D.C., there Trump's trying to say he's immune for prosecution by that communist Jack Smith. And then then. Then Glenn is. This is going to become a regular feature. I've decided that it, Glenn doesn't even know this. She has to be a regular feature, either Tuesday or Thursday. I'm going to want Glenn to update us on the different um, Second Amendment cases that are out there. Not necessarily what the law is, but what's the status of them, and what what and what the people are saying. I think that we need to, we need to do that. And I'm going to tell you what, real quick. I'm, I promise I'm wrapping this up because Sarah's got to go. I think that what we're finding here is that it's the Lord Mouton idea that if you abuse something, you lose it. And I think that there's half this country is willing to lose their right to have fair trials. And we're seeing this lawfare and it's being abused. And my and without even knowing what Sarah's going to present, obviously she's a lawyer. I'm going to let her do her thing. I, I, I have a hard time understanding how the system that, 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 the Supreme Court of Colorado wants would work. How would you? How would you? How would you see that functioning? 
how would you see this immunity thing that Jack Smith is arguing function? How would you see the, you know, in, in the, the Second Amendment cases, what we're seeing is, is they're allow they're they are trying to outlaw guns part by part. Mm-hmm. They can't outlaw the gun, but they can outlaw yeah, the trigger. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, like I want to get rid of the, the specific section of the gun, and then it's just slowly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, wait, who was it? It was, uh, I think it was Jordan Peterson, though. He was talking about art one time, and it's like the more you limit yourself in how you can express some kind of art, the more creative you get whenever you're trying to express it. So we're just going to have more creative guns. <laughs> There's proof yeah, of that. Yeah, they are, they're there already. All right, let's let Sarah go because she's going to have to leave. Okay. So, um, Norma Anderson, I'm going to start with her because I don't know exactly how these cases work, but I'm I'm assuming that she's a pawn here because, like, okay, who are you going to put as the face of this case against Trump in Colorado? And um, you've got a 91-year-old, she was... Old school uh, Republican legislator. I think she's Republican. Yeah, yeah. She said, um, I'm old fashioned Republican that believes in strong defense, supporting business and helping those who don't know how to help themselves and less government and a fair tax base. Um, I don't really understand where the helping those who don't know how to help themselves extends to whenever you say you want less government, but at the same time you want the government to do that. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, so that was, that was one of her things. That's my girl. Yeah. She, and then she also said I was born, um, let's see, four months before FDR was elected. I've lived through a lot of presidents. Some I've liked, some I didn't, but not one of them caused an insurrection until Donald Trump. And so. Um, she does seem to be hardcore against him. She, uh, loves Nikki Haley and, um, every article that you see about her, it always starts with who is Norma Anderson. And it's insane. There was like three articles in a row that all started with that. Who is Norma Anderson? And it says the Colorado Republican leading blah, 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 blah. The 91 year old behind the 14th amendment, blah, 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 blah. So it's like, it's very clear that they are putting her age her Republican status, all this other stuff against Trump and um, like making her seem, yeah. And making her seem, I think like a, an old woman, it's like big old Trump is being mean to her. So is she older than he? Yeah. She's 91. Oh my. Yeah. 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 So she's an old woman. Um, so that, yeah, again, I don't, I don't have the specifics on how it started because quite frankly, I didn't have too much time to look into that, but it's my understanding that Colorado decided that they were going to prevent Trump from getting on the ballot due to um, Article 14, Section 3 of the Constitution, which specifically says, and this is where you're going to break down a lot of the language. That's where a lot of my um, notes came from. It says, no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, dot, 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 under the United States, dot, dot, dot who having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States, dot, 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 to support the Constitution, shall have engaged in an insurrection. And then it says, but Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each House, remove such disability. So they've decided that um, states have the ability to um, control certain aspects of who can be put on their ballots, That um, Section three is automatically something that states can use um, to prevent 
somebody from being on the ballot based on the inter- insurrection. And so that's where this all came from. Uh, and Trump comes after it, basically saying that, that that Section 3 does not apply to him because either a president does not hold any office under the United States or um, that he's not an officer of the United States. Those are two different things. And they it's insane how much detail they get into what those two terms mean. Like, what, it, what is an officer and what does it mean to hold an office under the United States? Um, there's also uh, another part. It's like hold an office under and hold an office in, something like that. And so it's huh. so small. Man, I think you're popping. Okay. Um, but so they're saying that he that doesn't apply to him. It wasn't you, Glenn. It was me. Oh, <laughs> doesn't apply to him, and that states cannot do this. They especially cannot do it on their own without any kind of um, act of the federal government. So now it comes into um, federal versus states, uh, who has the more control in this situation. Um, and then obviously the other side is trying to say that that clearly applies and that this is absolutely within the state's powers. Okay. Well, this is, so this, so the whole, everything we're going to be discussing is 14th amendment. Um, no, I have a list of other things that came up. Well, let me, let me sure I make sure I got the 14th amendment uh-huh. issues. The issues are going to be, uh, so far, I thought there was another issue in it, but the issues so far that you brought up, one is that the question is whether or not the 14th amendment applies to the president of the United States. And that's a definition, uh, problem in that mm-hmm. it's, it, he's, it names out Senator representative. And it names um, vice, even vice president. No, it'll elector a president and vice president, okay. which is something that Justice Jackson, which I think we're going to surprise you. I liked her during this. But um, yeah, that's something that she brought up. Yeah. So it, it specifically names them. And then after that says or hold any office under the United States. So they would specifically say those things, but it does not specifically say president. Yes. OK, so it. it I, I, that's the issue. Mm-hmm. And then the other issue I thought was whether or not the 14th Amendment restricts states, not gives them powers. In other words, that is a, that is going to be an issue that that's uh, that was a big talking point of the state versus federal um, kind of back and forth. OK. Yeah. And um, let's see. Yeah. Can it can it be used to disqualify from somebody from the ballot? And, and so, and that, that means, okay. So part of that also is from the timing. So it says no person shall be a Senator or representative. So it says shall be, it's not saying shall be on the ballot or something like that. So it's kind of like, when does this come into effect? Um, can you prevent somebody from being a ballot on, on a ballot because of it? Or do you have to wait after they're on the ballot after they elected, but before they get to office, is that whenever the decision's made? Um, and then, I got one more question. Yes. I, I heard questions on whether or not you had to be convicted of an insurrection. And I'm, I, when I was, that question was being asked and he was at, and, and, and I know that on, on other issues, Justice Thomas pushed the Colorado attorney on naming something where it was used by a state to keep somebody off the ballot. Yes. All right. But my question was, one of the things was they, one of the justices said he's never been convicted. Mm-hmm. of an insurrection did that statute even require that because i don't think any of those civil war people were convicted of a resurrection they just fought on the wrong side that was a big back and forth too okay. is that 
there could have been a reason not to convict, but this is more of a civil penalty instead of a, a criminal. Okay. Um, so I have a question about this, though. Okay, whenever you mentioned Justice Thomas asking about that history, is that the one that you were talking about um, whenever you said it was crazy that he was going into something that far back? Well, I think that he, if he's going to ask about a history, he should have said that was going to be the, in there. Now, I, I, I tried maybe after but or whatever. I don't know. I tried to temper that a little saying I haven't seen it yet. So I don't know. I think that's the issue is you haven't seen it because that actually was um, the history is very important here. It's extremely important. Okay, so he should have been ready for any questions during Reconstruction. And he was ready for I think he like, because he did understand the history of um states doing this to their own elected okay. officials but it's not nationally and that's where the issue came from the guy and that's why he was able to say um i know of states that have done it but i don't know of a national because it hasn't happened okay. that's why and i think that that's what the point that justice thomas was making is that states have not used this so uh, what he to, should have done was immediately just say hey no it hasn't been done but that doesn't mean it can't be yeah so just to clarify this for people listening um, because I feel like we need to step back on some of this. Uh, that's again, one of the big points is whether states can use it. And it's not, there's not a question. It's completely accepted that there's two different types of, um, people that are getting elected. You have people getting elected in local state, like state only elections. And then you have obviously more national elections. And what uh, Trump's side was arguing, and surprisingly, the justices all seem to be on board with this, is that there's uh, the states, and again, this is all accepted, is they, the states have the right to control their own elections and their own elected officials within their own state. So the states have used this, um, this section, section three, I don't want to say like, 14th Amendment because it's so broad, but Section 3 specifically, they've used it to disqualify their own elected officials. That makes sense. But they haven't done it to do it nationally. They haven't done it nationally. I'm not sure that it makes sense constitutionally, but it makes sense that it was done. Yes. And uh, and so they were all kind of under the consensus of, based on the history of Section 3, it was not designed to be used nationally. And um, I can't remember what I was going to say with the and, but there's just uh, plenty of evidence saying that that's not that's not the purpose of it. There, there's um. So I guess we can okay. So there's there's different ways of going um through this because it's all really based on um key words that are within that section plus um some other statutes and whatnot and like some other cases. But I guess we can go ahead and start with. Um, I'd rather do officers in office later on because it's so complicated. So, so we, we, yeah, we can start with the state part then, whether this is something that the states can actually do. And this is where the biggest concerns with that procedure that you were talking about, like, how would this work out? Um, so like, and with that, uh, there's, there's an issue. And I feel like that Colorado's attorney kept on skirting this is that you have 50 states who, yes, they set up their own elections, but the people that are on the ballot are qualified or disqualified based on constitutional requirements. So you have age, you have national citizen, you have term limits, and um, and now you have this insurrection thing that's, that's being raised. Well, 
Um, Colorado tried to say that states do have the ability to disqualify based on age. So um, that one's that one's kind of tricky, though. But they definitely, if you know that, let's say President Obama tried to come back again and be on the ballot, they could immediately say, "No, we we know this is going to be your third term. That's not allowed. We can prevent you, off, like keep you off the ballot." Same thing with a natural born citizen of you were not born in the like you were not born as a citizen of the United States. Therefore, we can immediately disqualify you. And that's something that everyone agrees a state can do that on their own. But you have other issues of states trying to come up with um, qualifications beyond what the Constitution sets and whether they're allowed to do that. And so there's a case at the county. May I ask you? Yeah. You're saying that the states, because this does not make sense to me right off the bat. You could explain it, but I don't get it. The state can say Obama has already served, too, so we're not going to put him on the ballot. I think that that's what they were saying is that they can disqualify based on like. So you have something very clear that is um, like and and I guess that's where uh, there was there was an issue of how you apply um, where like what the disqualification is. So in insurrection, there's a lot of questions of what evidence you're looking at, how you're applying the term. Um, and, and what decision the states come at, you can have 50 different decisions, but for term limits, that one's really easy. Um, because you can, you can immediately tell they've already served however many, um, I'm, I'm well, what makes, sure. What makes this one fun is this. All right. So we, it's like you said, we know absolutely without any doubt, Obama's had his two terms. Yes. He can't do another one. Mm-hmm. Um, so but 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 I, but the, it's a burden of proof type thing. So this makes it fun because it's easy. Mm-hmm. You have to prove if you took him off, you'd have to prove that he was only there once if you want to keep him on there. Right. But who's got the burden of proof? That's the question I've got, I, I, because I am trying to picture how this would work. All right. Mm-hmm. I, all right. So so Putin, he he goes and qualifies for president of the United States. He has all kinds of reasons he can't be president. Yeah. Who's to keep him off? Is that a federal question or is that a state question? Is it- That's uh, like I think that it depends on what the reason is because there are some reasons that states can look at an immediate apply immediately apply. So like for instance, the age one, the age one's weird, and the age when they got I think that a state got in trouble for it. From my understanding of the oral arguments, is that age isn't that simple because yes, the Constitution says that you can't be under age 35 or sorry uh yeah under age 35 so you have to be age 35 or older and but the question is can somebody who's 34 at the time of election know about this yeah be put on the ballot knowing that they'll be 35 whenever they're actually elected and i think that the state could not keep that person off the ballot if i'm if i'm right I would think they could not. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, could I think they could not? It says so. You cannot be president when you're 34, mm-hmm. right? Basically, uh, and and, and I'll let, let me let you finish, man. But but, but, okay. but you see my question. My question is is the, the when does the federal government get involved? Do yeah. they get involved? Do they? You know, that's the problem. Yeah. Because the 14th Amendment is, I think, to prevent states from doing something, right? Not not that would be a federal question and again yeah that's where it comes into um what's the purpose behind section three they talk about whether that's um that's because again for the 14th amendment is a restriction on states 
why would that be um, like Section 3 all of a sudden turns into something that states automatically have the ability to do? Like that gives them more more authority in that um, you, get, you take a term like insurrection where it's very broad and there's a lot of different interpretations of um, of how that can be applied. And I guess we can go into that because it gets really weird and all the justices I think did a very good point of trying to show this to the Colorado attorney, but he kept on skirting it. So he wanted to look specifically at this case, but they're obviously looking at the implications. If we accept this now, what happens in the future? And he did not want to accept them because he knew, I guess, how every much problem. state, every state would do. This. Yeah. So it starts with, okay, so you are trying to prevent this person from being on the ballot for having an insurrection. Um, you got, we'll just say there's two states to make it easier, but the issue is it could be even more states and that just makes it more complicated. Um, two states go and have their own different um, method of determining whether there's an insurrection. And they both have their own different record for like what evidence they accepted during that hearing or whatever it was. And some states um, apply certain rules that of evidence that allow um, certain things in. So for instance, they mentioned that Colorado got in um, an expert witness who apparently gave some kind of opinion on what Trump's tweets meant. And it was insane. And so, yeah, so that, that one specifically was brought up and it's like, okay, so mind you, hmm? yeah, it was mind reading. yeah, yeah. Mind reading. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So you have that evidence allowed here, but another state says, no, we are not allowing that. Well, now you have two records and if those two cases go to the Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court is determined whether there's an insurrection, um, what record do they use? And ultimately, uh, the guy didn't want to say that because he said, well, this case is very clear. Like, it's just one record. And all you have to do is decide on this one record. And but then he had to turn it into, well, I guess the Supreme Court could basically look at whatever evidence they want to in this situation because... Um, there's not really a way to figure out what records should be used um, uniformly every time this is brought up to the Supreme Court. So, like, that's kind of the issue is where's the uniformity of, like, how it's going to be applied later on. Um, so that was a big record question. And the amount of times Murray, which is Colorado's attorney, the amount of times that he was asked about that and just wouldn't give the answer. So, there's, like, the justices... Um, had to chide him so many times. You're changing the hypothetical. I don't want you to change that right now. We're not looking at this current case. We're looking at what we're talking about over here, which is we have three states who have different records. Who do we go for? And um, and uh, it's interesting too because Gorsuch was very adamant that this was this was not something that um, states could do. It seemed like and uh, Murray clerked for Gorsuch. So it's like that's an interesting, um, I guess, relationship to kind of that watch because, yeah, like they, they were very back and forth against each other. Um, so that, yeah, that the record one was kind of a big part of it. And um, another issue with the states is and this is some, a, 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 something that Justice Jackson made very beautifully clear was one state. I mean, no, no, I'm sorry. This was Kagan. Justin Jackson. Justice Jackson did something else. Um, I think, but Kagan was the one that said, 
what this will do is let one state determine the entire election immediately. Like it's like the it's not like a typical election where it comes to everybody's already voting and they all have the same candidates and the same decisions that they can make or similar decisions. Um, it's immediately like before the election even starts. How how could this make I, 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 my mind wandered just a second because I wondered how, can, how could one state decide? Yes, um, because you're keeping Trump off. But okay, right now you're keeping Trump off the ballot, and if uh, that that one state could prevent, um, like it's affecting the amount of votes that he gets, and um, that's reducing. Um, his chances for other states. Basically. They're not saying that it's binding on other states. Though, right? No, they're not saying it's binding. They're just saying that it's going to like it's going to have such an impact on the election that it would basically be one state deciding. Like if you're not going to be on our ballot, then um, the, the chances of them winning are extremely. If they low. get away with it. The others probably can. Yeah, exactly. And um, that's what Justice Kavanaugh also went into a lot, like very heavily was there this is an ambiguous statute and at best and um and if you're going to have an ambiguous statute you need to um interpret it in a way in favor of democracy so that's the democracy canon and um in a way that lets voters have more of an option on who they're going to vote for so uh that's that again that's a big situation for um how one state can affect the rights of other voters, which again was very interesting. Very similar to the argument Texas made that, that letting them steal it in Georgia mm-hmm. steals it from Texas. Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah. The, the impact in one state is going to, even if it, it's not binding at all on other states. Um, yeah. That's going to have a problem. Let's see. Uh, that's uh, most of the states. Do you have any questions about all the states? Right, yeah. Well, let's talk about the workability of this thing. It seems like to me, first of all, is it a federal question? Mm-hmm. It is. We're interpreting the the, the 14th, the third the clause three or article three of the 14th Amendment. So that's a federal question. We're not even asking. Yeah. Quite, I mean, yeah. How can you get more federal than the Constitution? Exactly. All right. What what I was gathering the workable solution that, that at least Thomas and who was, was looking at maybe Roberts um, is that this should have been filed in federal court. Mm-hmm. Wait, I'm sorry. That, that if you're going to try to disqualify somebody mm-hmm. under the 14th amendment, article three, that that's a federal question and that that needs to be filed in federal court. Okay. And yeah. And I think that that's where, um, Again, you get to the point of um, there, like, what's the method going to be? Because I, I think this might be where it's kind of getting into if it's self-executing or not. I don't know. Um, uh, well, I mean, here's the thing. All right, what what I I see the problem with, and I'm just I'm trying to be objective on this thing. Mm-hmm. I really am. Yeah. If 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 I see Colorado's argument, then what we got is 50 states deciding who is on the ballot and who's not, yes. who is disqualified from being on the ballot, who's not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not th- that you don't qualify, but that you disqualify. Yes. And that, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so my problem with that's, that's asking for lawfare. Yes. That's asking for everybody to do it. So if, if, if you hire somebody in Texas, say where, you know what Texas would do, but some idiot files a, uh, says he needs to be disqualified. Mm-hmm. And then 
and you forget to answer that one. Yeah. And all of a sudden, now you're off to you're off Texas. That's well, it. That, it's it. Okay, it's over. Yeah. The election's That's over. It. Yeah, the election's done for you. So it seems like to me that if someone wants to challenge the eligibility, it needs to be filed in federal court, and it needs to apply to all of the states, not just the one. Yeah, and I think that that, again, that goes into the workability question. They didn't get anything specific about all of that, but um, there was discussions of what would the procedure be here? So it's not, if like, let's say it's not states, then um, does, like, does the federal government have to have, like, some kind of specific, uh, um, I guess, like, way to address this kind of situation or whatever like that? But um, as far as states go, basically, I think that all of the justices were saying, no, we can't leave this up to them. This needs to be something that's federal. Um, that might be a question later of, how it's done federally, but I don't think that the case would continue. This case would continue. Well, well we know from the expropriation case that if they file in state court, they suppose that there is, and I don't think there is, concurrent jurisdiction on this issue, which I don't think there is. No. I think the 14th Amendment is to be used against states, not given the power. Mm-hmm. But if this be, if you do, you can move it to federal court. All right. But, but here's, let's go the other direction. Let's suppose that Putin tries to qualify in all 50 states. If this is not a federal question, then that means that somebody's got to challenge Putin in all 50 states. Mm-hmm. What, it, what really needs to be done is one place here. Mm-hmm. Now, you're obviously, you're, you're dependent on federal judges to be fair. But on top of that, though, when, we, when you say, okay, well, at least it goes to the, to the next circuit and it goes to the next one. And obviously... That means that the liberals would file it in the Ninth Circuit because they're liberal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Then you're looking at just one judge deciding. Yeah. Does that make sense? So I don't know how to make it work. And I was, you know, but of course, I'm not getting paid to figure that out. Yeah. But in my opinion, it can't be 50 states. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're saying. They seem to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Like, especially for, again, Section 3, it's just the um it's it's a disqualification i think is what um at least that's what i was getting to i don't know if they specifically mentioned that i can't remember if they talked about it but qualifications that's one thing and i would say that that i think i think that that's more like um natural born citizen and stuff like that that that's more you have to like this is to get you in it but this one is a disqualification and that disqualification can actually be um, waived by Congress too, and so that's another whole question of. So, so it makes sense. So I yeah. suppose in the 1600s, they were they sent up Robert E. Lee, mm-hmm. to be, right? To, well, that's when the 14th kicks in, and he goes, "No, you can't do that." He was involved in insurrection. Yeah, you can't. You know, it wouldn't take a whole yeah. a good lawyer. Yeah, that. exactly. Um, isn't it funny? Isn't it just kind of real quick? Yeah, isn't it funny that a flat out war was was just called an insurrection? Uh, it was just like a, a whole, it, just was, it was a war. It was a, it was a revolutionary, like, was, I'm sorry, not a revolution, civil war. Yeah. And they call that an insurrection. insurrection. <laughs> and then now we got these, these, these grannies walking through the velvet ropes and they're calling that an insurrection. I that guess, word covers a lot. It was crazy to hear um, Murray, the, again, Colorado's attorney, talk about this, like, I'm going to like this, whatever it was. I mean, even Trump's lawyers, I said, I thought, I thought described it a little too harshly. He one time called it a riot. I'm going to say this about Trump's lawyer. I didn't like him. I thought that Justice Jackson was throwing him 
bones here. Take it, please. Please accept this argument. And he was rejecting it. Yeah, that's, a, it, that's exactly what I was trying to make the point with this, uh, with this um, Putin interview mm-hmm. is that we jump on sides. Mm-hmm. Okay, we don't like Biden. He's Ukraine, so we're pro-Putin, and he's a freaky communist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why do you do that? No, if Justice Jackson says, hey, by the way, Putin's a communist, you go, yep. That's a great point. <laughs> I'm, um, yeah, it was it was really weird. So she, okay, she, um, and I, I am right about this, too. It was, it was Kavanaugh, Kagan, and Jackson, all three mentioned, um, if there's an amb- ambiguity, it needs to be resolved in favor of democracy. Like, it should be done that way. Um, and so she was more going off about um office so there's the again i think that there's like three different ways of saying office that they went into so <laughs> only was, lawyers can do that yes officer of the united states <laughs> officer under the united states and hold under uh, hold office so like it's just a lot it's just a lot of questions about what this means and what justice jackson helped out about and this kind of goes into your history thing that you're going into is historically um the section three was aimed at more like local problems that one of the drafts of section three did include president in it but they took it out which says something and again if you read into it um it seems like it's including everybody except for the president and whenever you what what does it mean to hold any office um Okay, this is where it gets really, really, really tricky. And it it didn't even make sense. Well, okay, it made sense while I was listening to it, but I can't tell you which applies to where. But um there are certain there are certain people who can be officers. So that's gonna be the president pro tempore, I think, and maybe the speaker of the house, I think. Those are two people that are officers. And they say they're on officers under the Constitution, but they cannot hold any office, right? And so it specifically excludes them um, from holding any office. And so that makes it seem like holding any office is separate from officers. And so now they're getting into whenever we're reading. Yeah, what they're saying is you can't be the Speaker of the House and the Secretary of Defense. Yes. But that's where we're trying to figure out is who are all officers and who holds office. Uh, and they're trying to figure out if the president fits under that. And I think that they determine, and the reason why this is important is because we're trying to figure out, um, there's two parts of section three that talk about this. The first half is no person shall be blah, 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 blah. And it's saying no person shall hold any office. So it's trying to figure out who are you preventing from getting certain kind of spot. And then the second part is the qualification of um, how they decide why you can't hold that spot. And that goes into previously taken oath as an officer of the United States to support the Constitution. So those are a few different qualifications. You have to have taken an oath as an officer to support the the Constitution. Those are three different things. And um, that's why we're trying to figure out uh officer like what is our definition of officer um and if you look at there's that's the thing, just to make sure i'm getting this right that is assuming we get past the 14th amendment allows the state to yeah so there's okay. different there, yeah so we're in the second part of this now okay. so the first part is whether the, the states can actually 
do this themselves. And, and they could rule just on that in itself. Yes. And then, but then they're saying, let's suppose it does apply. Yes. What, how, like, how, who does it apply to and how does it apply? And what Trump's position is, is that uh, presidents don't hold any office. And so this doesn't apply to presidents. And um, this, the second point was more sh- like Trump's uh, guy did that, like use this one a little bit more strongly. He didn't seem to want to go after the first point too much, even though Justice Jackson seemed to believe in the first point a little bit better. Um, but or uh, the second part is taking an oath as an officer of the United States. That's the point that he thought was strongest. And the reason is that, again, there is off- officer is a term of art. And there's one clause, and I can't remember which one it is, but it was like a, a crazy moment. Um, I think it's like maybe the commission's clause or something like that. But basically, at some point in the Constitution, the president, like, commissions all officers. Something like, I don't know if that's the exact terms, but it's something about, like, the president does this to all officers. And they're trying to determine whether that um, all makes him not. Is, is including all officers and makes him not an officer. Because if he is saying he does that to all How officers. Can he, yeah. yeah, exactly. And um, I, mean, not, I, I didn't finish my thought for the podcast with you and I communicated. Mm-hmm. But what he's saying is, is that, that he, if he's doing, if he is the one who ultimately signs off, let's say, on, on all of these officers, that must mean he's not one of those. That definition of officer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you need to go? Yes, I do. I have like this, this covered barely any of it. But, I know, but yeah. you know what? The, the, we have such, what uh, what I'll say about it, like just really quickly, is um, they talk about a lot a lot about Griffin's case. It's a case that interpreted um, another statute, and this one was interesting because Griffin's case it's not precedent. Um, and so you like whenever he was bringing this up, there was an issue with Justice Sotomayor. She seemed off her game. She just seemed out of it. It was really weird to listen to her talk. Because whenever she would bring up a point about anything, it was like at one point they were talking about a case called term limits. And she thought that the guy was talking about actual term limits. But everybody else knew, no, he's talking about the case. She wasn't prepared. Yeah, so that and then um, Griffin's case, she thought that he was using it as precedent, but he wasn't. He was using it as um, history of a statute in the Griffiths case. Is that where she mistaked that with a Harry Potter scene? Okay. We don't have time for that right now, unfortunately, but, um, that's Gryffindors. But, uh, yeah, he was trying to use it as, um, more like congressional history of, they use this to form another statute. And, uh, that's where we're getting this interpretation from is like the statute, um, in, in that context. And so she was going off about how it's not precedent. Well, another justice caught in and he said, um, like he was basically just standing up for the Trump attorney because you know how they do this where it's like, well, um, don't you agree with me, Mr. Mitchell, that, uh, that that case isn't necessarily precedent, but it, it was used as context for this. And so it's funny kind of hearing the justices go against each other, but it wasn't directly. It's again, aimed at questions towards the, um, the attorney's. Yeah, so like I guess just the whole um, the whole issue with all of that then is um, if those two parts of Section Three apply to the president, yeah. right? 
and and the and the arguments. All right, let me just have this disclaimer right out front. Uh, it is foolish to try to predict from oral arguments what a court is going to do, mm-hmm. but it's fun. It's yeah. foolish fun from you hearing the arguments, hearing the oral arguments. Where do you think the judges are heading? Okay, so I would say Roberts, Kavanaugh, Thomas, Coney Barrett, um, and Gorsuch are, they all very, it it seemed like they were all aiming at, um, because again, you have to go kind of at the two different points, but it seemed like they were going to rule against Colorado here, that they were going to reverse. Jackson, I couldn't tell at first, but I think that she's also going to rule against Colorado. Kagan, um, I think that she tried to trip up Trump's attorney a little bit, Mitchell, um, on some things. I think it might have been specifically about office and officer. But ultimately, I also think that based on the question, questions that she was asking Murray, um, it seems like there were issues with the applicability of this, like by the states, like how that would work out that made it seem like she was also thinking this is something that the states can't do. Um, Sotomayor was really different, difficult to kind of predict predict because she seemed so out of it that uh, all I got was that she's just anti-Trump, but it's hard to tell what her actual points were. It's funny that you said that it was crossing my mind that if I were a Supreme Court justice leftist as they are, that, and I knew I had to rule against Colorado, I'd still might take my Trump, my chances. I mean, I, I would take my opportunities to dump all over yeah. Trump and his people. Well, Jackson did that at one point. Um, at the end of Mitchell's oral argument, she, that was, that was basically what it ended on was her asking him, about whether he agreed that this was an insurrection. And so I think that that's what people kind of thought Jackson was a little bit dumb on is like, the, why would you get into that? But she was trying to say that in his brief, he agreed at one point that it was an insurrection. And then he came back and said, no, 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 it was a riot. It was a horrible thing. It was, it was, it was criminal. I think he even said it was criminal, but it wasn't an insurrection. And so she was trying to, I guess, get him on um, whether, like, if it was or was not an insurrection, like, if they were going to accept it. Like, obviously, Trump's side is not going to accept that that was an insurrection. If they did, that would be just stupid. Stupid. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was kind of confused about her at first because Mitchell obviously went first as um, as the petitioner, or whatever he was there, there appealing. So, um, but then whenever it came to Murray, the, the Colorado attorney, they grilled him. Um, and I, I texted you about it last night, but I said it seemed like they were more on, again, ruling against Colorado, but they were trying to figure out the specific details, like what they were going to rule on. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've, I've been thinking that now since that happened. I think that you look at it and you go, that's obvious. You can't let them do this. Mm-hmm. You, but then you go, what's the workable solution? If, uh, again, uh, I put this up, Dwayne, earlier. This idea, I would have asked this at the, at the, if I were on the Supreme Court, I would ask this question. Let's suppose the other way. Let's suppose that someone like Putin says he wants to be on the ballot, and Colorado puts him on the ballot. 
how's what's the proper process of getting him off? Somebody, this Obama wants to run for a third term. What's the process of getting him off? So you see what I'm saying? So I don't want some opinion that says that allows Trump to be on this this ballot, Mm -hmm. but there's no way to challenge it. There's got to be a way to challenge who's on the ballot. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so, and, and I think that happened with Obama. Some people saying he wasn't born in the United States. How do you Correct change it? Correct me if I'm wrong, but the presidential office requirements uses terminology that specifically talks about holding office, not running for the position. And so the proper time to challenge would be after the primaries and even after the general, but but before and during the electoral college process, I would think, based upon what I heard in oral arguments. But that's unworkable. But it's unworkable. I, I do kind of agree with the, the strange part of that where you can say it would be after the ballot, but before these other things, but at the same time, um, votes would be wasted on... Um, on a candidate who can't. Right. Yeah. So, so to me, it's and, I, and I, I agree with the votes wasting, unless you understand that the secondary process for electing the president is Congress. Mm-hmm. They yeah, have the right to, to cast their own votes and override what the people vote. That gives me no comfort. <laughs> All right. So, so, so here, here's, here's the thing. There's a, there's a rarely, rarely used, uh, procedural vehicle in that's available called a declaratory judgment that even though it hasn't happened yet, we need a declaration as to whether or not th- this should be allowed. So you'd so to me the, the proper vehicle was if 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 Putin decided to run for president, the proper vehicle for someone to challenge it would be a declaratory judgment in federal court saying this guy is not eligible. Because what I'm, what I don't want is fifty states, or maybe 50, how many, how many parishes are in Louisiana? A lot. Every parish in Louisiana contests Putin being president. That's going to be that. That's a waste of court money, time, and money. Mm-hmm. And so there's got to be, to me, to me, the common sense thing. And I think that's where the conservative judges, the judges pointed. Well, let's say the ones who are against Colorado here, both liberal and conservative, are concerned. I think with giving states that right to enforce Section 3 when that really is to restrict the states from putting up somebody like Putin. That's what our, that's the 14th Amendment restricts the rights of states. It doesn't grant them rights. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where they were heading. So, yeah. so it's, 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 it's federal law that would apply here, not, 14, not, not state law, because the 14th Amendment doesn't give that to them. Now Sarah made a good point. It's that self-executing stuff, but 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 Sarah, it still is equity. They are saying we a federal court can stop you from putting somebody who's ineligible in there. You if, just suppose Trump had really truly done an insurrection. Mm-hmm. State couldn't do it. It would be the federal. The yeah. federal government said no. You can't put him up. Yeah. That's what I think has got to be. Yeah. You put him up on a ballot. In a primary, and the, and the federal government can go. No, you can't put. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're doing, guys. I, I Sarah, Sarah did a really good job explaining what that meant. I didn't know exactly how it tied together, but I understand it now. Mm-hmm. There's also a little bit of hair splitting between a primary election 
that has to be state-run considered a neutral party to do to run the balloting process and counting process versus a caucus that is party-run. Each party runs their own caucus and makes their own decision um, that way. But, of course, they have to file. There's rules in each state that's a little different on how they have to file and the rules of operation. But in general, a caucus is run by the party that's putting on the caucus, and the primary is run by the states under the state's rules. And so there's still a way around, even if states could decide who can and can't be on a primary ballot, states can choose and get a caucus going instead of a primary election process for for who the party's nominee is going to be. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, it, it, it does. Um, what you're basically saying is that we're not going to put up an election via, via primary, which can be which is controlled by the feds. We will we will bypass that and do a straight a straight state um, caucus. But you still have to you still have to the secretary of the state, and I don't think the legislation can override, uh, say, a GOP caucus. Well, except, in Colorado, all right, so they keep him off of the possibility for caucusing for that person. Okay, so, I follow you, so we don't need to go through that again. Just so you'll know, I get you. My problem, my question is, what's what happens next? You do the caucus. Now, Trump wins the caucus in Nevada. What happens next? Yeah, they, it would have to be the general election where the state would try to come back and say, "No, you can't be on the ballot then." Where do they turn in that result? Where does the Republican Party turn in that caucus result? Whenever they show up at their convention for just their party. There's no filing the before that? The sta- secretary is, well, I think they file with the Secretary of State for them to publish well, there in it a is. ministerial way. But it doesn't matter what the Secretary of State does. When they show up at their convention, they can throw their get delegates how they want to. It's it's their party, and they can cry if they want to. That's a song. <laughs> I mean, I get that. Um, well, I still uh, all right. Is there a way around everything? There probably is. I, I, I will say this: that I, that that is a good question. It's a good question, but I can say that. We, all right, how do you qualify to get on a caucus? To get a, how do you do that? Do you have to qualify? In Nevada, did, did Trump have? Because I know that that uh, she was not on the ballot. Kiki D. I think there's some very general rules with the state, but mostly the rules is with that party corporation in each state. Well, I don't see where I don't see where that makes that much difference. And I think they still someone could call, call in federal court, file in federal court, and say you can't use this guy. I think it has to happen really at the general election stage. And I, and I guess if, I, if, you, if you know it's coming, you can plan around it if you have enough time. At, at a party can. That's all I was trying to say is that it's it could be a speed bump or a landmine that can be dodged if you have enough advance warning. I guess if you're stupid enough to put up Putin, you know you're not going to get that. You're just wasting your vote. Yeah, yeah. It's just a practical matter. Um it's going to be interesting. It is going to be interesting what the court does because, um, because basically Colorado, the way they did it, w- would have kept 
the, the, the guy who would have gotten nominated off of the ballot. And if you take him off, then that might keep him from getting the nomination that he would have gotten had it had you not taken him off the ballot. So, in other words, Colorado is affecting the whole election. And it could be, what if it was really close? And you take him out. Yes, yes I agree with you up to a point. At the convention, the convention can rule that that was inappropriate, and they can go ahead and throw their delegates for the person that would have been nominated anyhow. Yeah, I don't they can know. override the state. I don't know enough election law to know that. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, the, the long or short of it is, um, you know what? You could be right. I don't know. What do you think from reading it? Well, are they making any of those arguments? Hold on. Are they making any of those arguments? About like the caucus and stuff? Yeah. No. It's it's all it's solely been focused on whether a state could prevent somebody from being on the ballot. Like it's just straight up just prevent from being on yes. the ballot. Yes. So, so dem- Democrats Democrats decided that what Republicans could put on their ballot. That's what they did. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see how that's workable. And again, so here's here, here's what I think is going on. States that Democrats are worried that uh, about the GOP having control, they have caucuses so that they have more power in how the their primary process is ran in that state. States where they have more control because they have secretaries of state and, and control of the elections of the populated districts, they run primaries because they're in control of counting in the voting process and to get out the vote and registration rules. So they, they, that's why they choose some places to be caucus and some places to do primary state run elections, whatever's in their favor. You know, I don't know. If, I don't know if that, that, I don't know enough election law to argue that if you ask me the question as to whether or not the 14th amendment section three gives the states the right to do that. I would say absolutely not. Yeah, I agree. Like that, that's something and it seems like, um, I don't know, again, I don't know what the particulars of what they're going to rule on is because it seems like each of them had their own parts of section three that they were focusing on. Um, but it seemed like all of them were against states using this to keep somebody off of the ballot. Um, and that it could be what Justice Jackson was saying, which is, um, basically whenever you talk about holding any office and, uh, the part where it says an officer of the U S both of those seem to be against, um, like they're not, they don't include the president. Um, but others just, uh, I think Sotomayor was against that. She seemed to believe that president fell under that. Um, and I don't know. I I I thought it was interesting. Though. I really liked Kavanaugh. It was interesting hearing him. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. And it's what's really interesting is that's it. That it's still as clear as mud. The it, we we I think I do believe that this. I do believe that the, that the court, from what I have read, is going to say that the Fourteenth Amendment does not give the states the right to do this. Yeah, but the, the question is. There's something else. Yeah, that, and I think that's going to be the issue is, okay, so if it is federal, like, what is the process for that? If, is it self-executing? Yes. If it's, um, if it's not self-executing, what's the step after that? If it is, like, how does that, I don't know. There's, there's just a lot of questions about how that would be applied by the federal government. Yeah, it, I, I have not read any of the briefs on that one. Um, I have read, you know, we usually do. 
but but the oral arguments were so good that you couldn't pass up that opportunity to, to do it by by oral arguments. What, yeah. were they, what were they asking? But I'm going to tell everybody. Listen, first of all, I think that Dwayne makes good points. Um, there's ways around if, if if that were the only way for a primary process, it would it would be one thing. But when you do have other ways that you could use state state law to do it with, and why are you complaining? You know, what's what's your complaint? You, Colorado could have said, Colorado Republican Party says, hey, we're not going to do a primary. Mm-hmm. And they didn't. They chose not to. So I don't know. Uh, it's it, That's an interesting question. Do you have anything else more to say on your part of it? Um, Not really, except for I didn't understand why people were against Justice Jackson there. Well, she actually was very impartial for the, um, the majority of it. I think. Go ahead, Glenn. It's team play. That's it. She's obviously the lady who uh, can't tell. She's not a biologist, so they're going to always say she's whether well, they they didn't listen to it, Sarah. That's why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. yeah. I think they they probably heard the part where she was talking about the insurrection stuff, but they didn't listen to the rest of it, where she was extremely favorable towards exactly. Um. Yeah. The yeah. Trump side. We Which, are- a justice would normally want to. Pursue both sides in most cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to, I, to question both sides of the argument. Yeah. I think that the that that the right in the United States, the right wing, is is fallen into that rope a dope that that mm-hmm. that uh, Foreman got into. That he got angry at Muhammad Ali, and Muhammad Ali kept making him angry and angry and angry. Until he was just flailing at him, and he mm-hmm. ran out of energy, and he died almost. You know, yeah. he, he couldn't win. And I think that's exactly what's happening to the Republican slash right. They're falling into a rope of dope. They're sitting there getting us angry, and they've done so well that we have right wing people praising a freaking communist. Yeah. Then that's because of picking teams, as Glenn said. You oh well, we picked, we picked, they picked the Democrats picked Ukraine. We'll pick Russia. That's how they do it. So, so I agree with you. I think Sarah. I think that that she probably was asking fair questions. And my guess is, I don't care how good or bad a lawyer he is, you hang around with that bunch, you're gonna get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then I guess the the last thing to to uh, to comment on about this is, it was interesting how almost like nervous and weird Trump's attorney Mitchell was. Um, where he was given lifesavers on certain things. They were, like, these justices were throwing out some really good information for him, and it was not in a gotcha kind of way. Um, and he wouldn't accept it. Like, you guys, like, as far as the history of Section 3 goes and some of the other stuff, um, he didn't, he, it was, it was like he was wanting to avoid the argument that that section really was not concerned about the president. And, um, and it, it wasn't really, it wasn't clear why he, he wanted to be that way. But, uh, there were several times that he was strange. So that was interesting. Is it too late for Colorado to caucus that they lose? If the Republican party loses? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, I don't know. It it's never, it's never too late. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the ballot, though, isn't it? No, the state ballot for president of the United States. Yeah, right. That's what what is 
what you know, regards to the caucus, they still don't put them on. It doesn't matter. You know, the, we're, we're the state of Colorado and we have Joe Biden and none of the above. So, yeah, hmm. or whoever, you know, and they're I'm saying, sure. all right, so Colorado's claiming this isn't just a primary thing. This is going to be on the final ballot, too. Yes, it's not about primaries, guys. It's about the final ballot. Oh. As I understand it, I could be wrong. Yeah, I didn't get that far into it, really. Uh, I was just trying to figure out the difference between officers and office. Yeah, I mean, that makes it, that makes it tremendous amount. I mean, that's crazy to me, though, that they're keeping somebody off a ballot that's not on there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the way I understood this fight's about, because if it was just about primaries, it'd be like Nevada, wouldn't it? Well, if that's the case, it's going to be near unanimous. It's going to be that's near unanimous. That's what they're saying, 8 to 1 or 9 of. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what people are saying. I'm not sure that's going to be the case. I, I, that's unwelcome. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah it's, it's just, it, again, I think the, the only thing that, to keep an eye out for here is what are the details of it, um, like specifically how they interpreted the um the little parts of it yeah and how, how and how do they suggest we go from here that's my thing yeah because i i am i am it's, i'm muddled on it a little bit I, I really do believe that it has to be done at the federal level till it's done once and i know that means they'll pick the ninth circuit you know they'll they'll you know whoever whoever challenges it gets to pick it so i guess that um i guess that'd be colorado so it would be the ninth circuit wouldn't it if it were Colorado that yeah. did it. Yeah. But so so what I would do if I were the uh liberals, I would find the the circuit I like the best, Colorado, San Francisco, wherever, and I would I would challenge it. I would I would kick him off the ballot there so it's the ninth circuit deciding it, not not mm, the fifth. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting to see how that goes. Anything else? Not really. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do real um I'm going to be really uh, short Taylor Swift on this one. This is um, this is the United States of America versus Donald Trump in the United States Court of Appeal for the District of Columbia regarding the immunity. So this is the Jack Smith J6 uh, federal side of it. The state mm-hmm. side of it is in Georgia. So and believe it or not, guys, you can charge it with almost identical crimes for identical conduct in both federal court so under federal statutes and under state statutes is it's not considered double jeopardy double jeopardy wow that's right so they get they get two bites at the apple to try to get him oh my gosh so so the this case has already been heard in front of the uh, court of appeal for the district district court and it was two um obama judges i think and one george bush which makes three liberals all right now um in that case, they did rule that there's no immunity for a, a person who was president and is no longer president. That's that was kind of a surprise to me. I thought that he that they were claiming that this was for acts done. It, it, I thought they were just going to I thought that this was going to be he's immune, period. Mm-hmm. All right. Because for anything he did while he was in office, unless he's impeached. The I read I read as much of it as could as busy as I am, but I can tell you that I got the gist of it. Um, they what they did was they assumed everything Jack Smith alleged was true, and those allegations are quite you know tough. 
There are things like, indeed, from the election day 2020 forward, the government alleges that President Trump denied he had lost his bid for second term and challenged the election results through litigation, pressure on state and federal officials, the organization of alternate slates of electors, other means, his alleged interference in the, in the constitutionally prescribed sequence culminating in Washington, D.C., the day of the electoral count for Congress to meet in joint session to certify the results, the rally headlined by President Trump resulted in a march of thousands to the Capitol and the violent breach of the Capitol building. The breach delayed congressional proceedings for several hours, and it was not until the early morning of January 7th that the 2020 presidential election results were certified, naming Joseph R. Biden as soon to be president. And it goes on and on and on about all of the horrible, 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 horrible things he did. And they're taking those as true, which is probably the right standard. We At least that's the way it is for a, a, a 12B6 or a failure to state a claim in which relief could be granted. You don't, you just have to accept it's true, everything alleged. Now, the Trump argument was that, that you, you can't, that that's not workable, that, 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 that there is presidential immunity while you're president, and that shouldn't end the second you get out because every single president from now on is going to be charged with crimes that everybody thinks he committed while he was president. That that's, the, that's basically the argument. And the argument should be that you're, you're president and you get, you get impeached before or after. And we know the Democrats tried to impeach him after he was president, no longer president. So we know that they'll do it. So the whole idea was, had they succeeded in impeaching him, then he could have been tried for these cases, these for these um, these violations. But the Trump people are arg- argued, no, um, that's not correct. They that that the Trump people argued that you first have to impeach before you could try for things that were done while president. All right, now this court basically, in a nutshell, ruled that nobody's above the law. That's it. So now what'll happen is it'll get it'll get uh, briefed by ad nauseum by lots and lots of people, yep. and Victoria will read them. And on on law legal day, what's it called? Legal Monday with Victoria. Mm-hmm. Something else. Glenn has a name for it. We'll go over it then. Legal Monday with Victoria. <laughs> right. We'll do it. So I don't think there's any reason to go in depth on that one. All right. The next question. Which one wants to go next? Do you want to talk about the update on where we are on the Second Amendment cases, or do we want to talk about that case where the mom got convicted of her son committing murder? I'm I'm good either way. I mean, uh, I think Dwayne's the one that had the uh, son convicted murder. That's a little more. If I go through every 2A case right now, we might be here the rest of the day. All right. The one I'm interested in is just- I'll, I'll go next. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So there's this uh, this mom, 45 year old woman named Jennifer Crumbly. She has a 15 had at the time a 15 year old son named Ethan Crumbly, and he was attending um, Oxford High School outside of Detroit, Michigan, and he had some history of behavioral issues at school. His mom bought him for Christmas uh, a firearm. I think it was a pistol. And 
She had taken him shooting because he was fascinated with firearms and, and just loved the whole. So she took him out to a shooting range. She posted that she bought him the pistol. She posted pictures of him with his targets practicing shooting, and he has them in his messy bedroom. Those targets pinned up on the wall. So nothing wrong there. Um, but with his behavioral issues, it escalated to the day of the shooting. That morning, a teacher caught his math teacher on a math study guide they were doing in school. He doodled all over it. And he drew a really good picture of a pistol, semi-automatic, of a human that apparently is shot about middle chest and is bleeding. And it had little sayings on this um, that said, blood everywhere, my life is useless. Um, let's see, what else did it say? It had all kinds of just premonition um, sayings that would, would disturb any reasonable teacher that saw a student drawing this stuff. So the teacher saw it. She reported it to the office. The office called his mom, told his mom and dad, hey, we got a problem here. Describe what was on the paper, some of the things on the paper, and asked if they would can get their son because he needed some help. They, I, I didn't read the details far enough to see. They refused to take their son out of school. I think they showed up at school. And by the time they looked at the paper, the son had access to it the whole time he was waiting, which is weird. And he tried to scribble out the most damning things on the paper and added more stuff to make it seem harmless. Like, this is a video game, and and um, life is, I love life so much, and go Oxford. You know, he, he tried to really change the narrative of his doodles on the paper. It's obvious because a teacher took a picture of the page before he started modifying it and scratching stuff out. Doodle is terrifying me. Now, <laughs> there are some that. text messages <laughs> that they've discovered on the mom's phone where she was telling her son, don't do it. And she knew he had access to this firearm. And it turns out he did, in fact, have it in his backpack at the school. And because she refused to take him, from school and forced the school to keep him. Later that day, he pulled it out, and that's when he shot and killed four people and wounded a bunch of others. And so the the jury, on listening to the four manslaughter charges, one of the jurors come back and made a statement and said, the shooter's mom could have done many small things to stop this massacre. And that's why the, they reached a verdict after 11 hours of deliberation that she was guilty of four counts of involuntary manslaughter for her role that left the four students dead and injured on November 30th, 2021 in Michigan. Okay. What are your thoughts on that? When you When you look at the details, it looks like it's not reasonable. That her mom did. That her mom should have been compelled to act. She, I think, she had a duty to perform here, both to protect her son and the others that her son was exposed to. 
She bought the firearm. She knew he had access to it. She knew potentially he had it with him. She failed to let anybody know, even though this drawing clearly shows the possibility of him using the firearm and shooting and hurt somebody. I'm gonna have even if it was himself. That. So, okay. Um, what was the timeline between her buying the gun and um, the shooting happening? Um, the the shooting happened on November 30th, 2021. And let's see, when did she buy the gun? She bought it for Christmas, but I don't know if it was just that year or the year prior. I would have to look that up. I don't think that detail is very obvious. Okay. And then what was the timeline between the drawing and the shooting? Hours. Hours. Same day. Okay. And yeah, so the teacher found the drawing in the morning during the first period between like the eight, nine o'clock period. So the mom and dad were told, I don't know how long it took for them to come up there, but they left the school, I'm assuming before lunch and forced the school to keep him. Did, so because did anybody they, know? They were at work. And so they said that they couldn't take him. Did they know that he had the gun on him at that time? There, the, the text message, the jury, because of how they deliberated and voted, it appears the jury believes the mom knew. That's what I think they concluded because of her text message saying, don't do it. There was other text messages, too, but the don't do it in context of what else had happened that day really seems like mom knew he likely had that firearm with him. Did she might be? Did she know beyond a reasonable doubt? Or is there no? Is it, all right? Can we say with that beyond a reasonable doubt that she knew? That's the better question. That's a really hard one to split the hairs on. I would have to ponder that, and I'd have to have some jury instructions for me to come up with on that. All right, because because and, and I'll let Sarah. You have something you want to say for? Well, I think my concern here is. Uh... If okay, this happens hours before that. There's a weird drawing. The teacher sees the actual drawing. The parents see a modified version of it. Um, and at that point, like let's say that the picture thing happened a few days before, and some I don't know. He was doing weird stuff with his guns between then and everything. Then maybe there could be a buildup. I still would be extremely hesitant to hold a parent accountable for something like that but um if it's hours before and we're not sure if she knew that the kid had a gun then she might be thinking he's just at school for the rest of the day and um when he gets home we'll wear him out maybe i, well, I don't think that she's gonna wear them out because i think i learned a little bit about this case the other day i was i didn't even know we we're gonna talk about it but um they were very lenient parents i do know that but uh, mm -hmm. the what I found on the internet, so quote unquote, the gun was bought four days before the shoot. Yep, there you go. Do you see the pictures I posted up for you guys? Yeah, I see them. All right, well, let me let me um let me um just add my concerns. I, first of all, I think that there's a presumption of innocence. You got to start with that. that mm -hmm. That I'm, I'm going to say that she's innocent now. Prove she's guilty. All right, but I'm going to say this: that I, I don't like, I don't like. I'm very, very reticent to say 
that somebody can be convicted of neglect. All right, but it can be. And I, but I, so we'll just start with the very, very easy. I can't take my two-year-old grand, grandson, put twenty-two bullets into a, a pistol, hand it to him, and say, "Hey, go play guns with dad, with your dad, and shoot him with this one." I, I, I pull that trigger if I did that. That's easy. Right? So it's not that I have to be the one who holds the trigger. I have to be intended or substantially certain that this was going to happen. The, the thing that gets more difficult is this. I, I, I buy a Lamborghini or something that can go 200 miles an hour, miles of, and, and I drive on the interstate at 200 miles an hour, and I run into Granny. I didn't have an intention to run into Granny, but I did have an intention to drive at 200 miles an hour. And that's the specific t- intent you have to prove. Mm-hmm. You, now, if the if the cruise control takes over the car or the automatic driving and makes you go 200, well, you didn't have any intent to do that. So that's that's going to be on a, 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 a tort case against the manufacturer. But if you intend to do something reckless, even though you may not intend the consequence, you have to re- know or reasonably know driving 200 miles an hour on the interstate is probably going to kill somebody or a good chance they're going to kill somebody. All right. So, so I don't have a problem if you're looking at it that way. The question I have is, though, you have got to have done something that you reasonably knew was going to end up bad. And I don't know that they proved that here. I, th- I mean, you start, tell- you start saying everybody that buys their kid a gun is responsible if they go shoot somebody. That's pushing it. This is, this is something that I thought was interesting. So whenever you talk about text messages, I remember hearing about this one, and I didn't understand the context of it. Um, she at one point texted him um, after he'd gotten in trouble for something in school related to guns. And I didn't know what it was previously, but now I understand. She said, LOL, I'm not mad at you. You have to learn not to get caught. Right. So what is she responding to with that? Um, that that day it was November 29th, the day before um, he was searching. I guess he was on his cell phone during class looking at ammunition and a teacher catches it, sees that he's looking for ammunition. And he tells the teacher that he and his mom go to the shooting range and that shooting is a family hobby. And that's what they notify her of is that he was on his phone looking for ammunition. And so in that situation, I would say, like, maybe if uh, he had a gun on him and she said, LOL, I'm not mad at you. You just don't get caught. That would be one thing. But like looking up ammunition on your phone, it's like she might have just not known that that's what was going on in his head. Right. I wouldn't um, have thought that at all. Yeah. Bikinichicks.com. Yeah. The kid's going to get on the computer and yeah, do things like, I'm supposed to do. Just don't be a freaking idiot. Have your phone out like that. Um, and I know that that doesn't encompass what was going on with him during the time leading up to this. But I'm also not surprised that because this happens often and we really haven't figured out a way to address it. But parents of shooters generally don't see it coming. Like How they, old was he? 15. Is that right? Yep. Do you let? I'm not sure that I would allow. I know I didn't. I got kids. I got my kids guns sometime around that. You know, Jim the pistol and stuff. But I kept that in the closet and, and locked up. Who could mm-hmm. get to it? I didn't. I didn't. I, I'd always heard kids pulling out their guns and playing with them with other kids in the room, and, and it accidentally go off. So I took them and locked them up. Yeah. Um, and which was what responsible parents do. So we do, we know that there's something in between. Me and somebody who hands their gun and says, go shoot your dad. Yeah. There's something in between that. And, and what Dwayne is saying is this one shocks the conscious, I think, mm-hmm. that, that this has so many red flags that 
she had to have known being that negligent of a parent was going to end up bad with this gun. I, I have a, a top story, uh, Dwayne, as bad as it is, it's hard for me to stretch it that far. I think uh, I, I'm just basing it upon I think I'm a reasonable person. And I think what I would have done if you just dropped me into the situation that day where she's at school and they're presenting her with the diagram and she knows what she knows. I think if I were her, I would say I need to go home and check and see if the firearm is still at home. I would go look for it. If I can't find it, I would let them know immediately and I would have them find that firearm on his purse. And I, I kind of, I, I, I have a bad habit of holding people to my own standard. I do that when I'm driving. Anybody driving more recklessly than me is an idiot. Anybody driving too slow is a moron. So <laughs> I guess I do that with most of my ethics. But I would think that would be reasonable is to find out where is the gun if he's drawing a picture of a gun and bullets. It's reasonable. And to, it's reasonable. To tell him, don't do it, bothers really bad it's it's reasonable well, it's reasonable if you're talking tort law and it might it, it, and and tort law is more likely than not i'm not, you even have, on that law. Well, I'm talking about just as a human I, being. I know but i'm talking about law because you're gonna put her in jail and and i look at it like yeah more likely than not she should have done so i would have i would have taken him by the ear and brought him home and said give me the gun and then i would have locked it up <laughs> I would have been there. Well, I think they persuade the jury. I think they were allowed to know about her affair and being totally distracted as a parent and a wife. And, you know, they, they brought all that into it. It looks like the dad actually looked for the gun. Did he? He, he called 911 at 137 saying that the gun was missing from his house. And his, his, I guess he looked for it maybe after he's going to check. Um, he hears there's a shooting. And it's like, oh, shoot, where's that gun? So it seems like the dad didn't. I don't know. The dad knew to look for it. Yeah. He put two and two together after the fact. Oh, what were you going to say, Glenn? He's, he's up for uh, on trial, too. Yeah, he is. They're trying them separate. I think it's her text messages and statements that really sunk her, and that might be why they're trying him separate, as I think you might find a jury, based upon the evidence about his interaction with all this, might find him not guilty. Um, I'm hoping if she has to go, that this keeps her from breeding. Yeah. Well, yeah. She sounds like the worst mother ever. I mean, uh, no, no, no. Trust me, she's not. Well, you know, you know the interesting thing about the bullets that Sarah's talking about. I, I might have made that joke, but I would have said to the teacher, "You do whatever you got to do to yeah. him at school." For doing something, he's you know looking at things he's not supposed to be looking at. I don't. I would say this: he has a gun. We do go shoot. It's maybe legitimate, but he's he's breaking the rules, and I need you to enforce. Yeah, them. yeah. I need you to enforce those rules because I'm not there. It, it kind of it's weird to me because I wish I knew the full time timeline. It's hard to kind of tell because everything that I'm seeing happened between November 26th and November 30th, whenever it happened, but. Like, what were the signs before all of that? Because I feel like that's such a short timeline of um, buying the gun and being able to catch it and notice that something weird is going on. It's like, did she, was there a buildup before all of this that should have made her concerned about getting him a gun in the first place, maybe? 
Um, and I do agree keeping the gun locked up. Um, but that could be because again, you just got stupid parents out there who aren't recognizing that there's an issue with their violent, like the kid's violent behavior. And they're thinking he's 15 years old. Like he's not going to accidentally shoot himself. Like they might've been just thinking that and it's just like, whatever, we don't need to lock up our gun because they don't think he's going to be violent and they don't think he's going to accidentally hurt himself. So I don't know. I, 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 I don't like parents in this situation. Like I don't want to make it seem like I am okay with what these people did or anything like that. It's just very concerning to me whenever you're going to put that much um, punishment on um, and blame on somebody who didn't pull the trigger. You know, if I'm in her shoes, if I'm in her shoes, I want you to know, guys, I would go how stupid I was. Mm-hmm. And I put myself in this position. Yeah. I, I really, if, if one of my kids would have done that, it would have taken some effort. Mm-hmm. They would have had to, it would have taken effort. We And I still think we would have figured it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I could tell when someone messes with my chocolate bars. If you mess with a gun, I'd have known it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, but anyway, I, 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 this is what I'll say that she put herself into this position by being just a horrible parent. Yeah. It's obvious that she did that. So I'm not that concerned that she's getting punished. What I am concerned is that this gets used against any parents that someone's kid takes a gun from the house and shoots them. Exactly. And you have no clue. And I, and I don't want to make this open to mixed jury thinking it's okay. Exactly. Yeah. That's my concern. Yeah. One line of reasoning could be if the kid was young enough, you can't hold him fully 100% responsible like an adult, then the adult's care he was under should be held the other part of the responsibility. Somebody has to be held responsible. It's a zero-sum game. There's a pie. Yeah, Didn't he kill himself? Is he alive? Is he only going to be, yeah. But you got so. he. Wait, wait, he he pled guilty or did something. He got a uh, he. He already had his lawsuit happen in juvenile or, um, or adult court. Life in prison. So he pretty yeah. So he's 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 guilty. He's got. Yeah. I mean, if he were, if, if he's in juvenile court, he gets out at twenty one. Yeah. So so I think they tried him as an adult. I think he knew what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I so, mean, the, the the fact that he tried to cover up. His his sketches tells you he knew what he was yeah. doing. You know, um, I think now did I, I? You know, what's funny to me is that I don't think that they're saying that oh, that Biden didn't know what he was doing when he took the, the documents. They're saying that he's so lost it so much that he can't help them. That he can't be assisted. He he can't give assistance to counsel. He's in, incompetent to stay in trial, I thought is what they're trying right. to say. Oh Normally, that's the defense attorney who tries that. So you go and you file it against them, and then they, they say he's incompetent. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the prosecutor go, well, you know what? He can't. I talked to him the other day. He can't, He doesn't understand what he's doing. So I'm going to tell you right now, if I ever commit a crime, I'm going to do that. Uh, <laughs> do you, do you, do you like basketball? Mm-hmm. I like basketball. I told you. I told you the prosecutor was going to pull a Hillary stunt like Comey did. No reasonable prosecutor would prosecute under these circumstances. Right. But anyway, you, my point I'm making is, I get you. I get you. Which it, it was, it was, a, it was going to happen. Is what you're saying, and I agree. But, yeah. but this is leaving it. I want to tell you something. The fact that Newt Gingrich got up and said, "Oh, Biden's got to go." Why did he choose now? I'll tell you why. Because he's a commie. 
it's time to get rid of Biden. It's that's what they're going to do. So is it, the question is, is it Big Mike's or is it going to be Liza Minnelli? Yep, that's what the big question is. Um, that's that was a good case to talk about, guys. That that one. I I I I don't want it. To, I don't want it to become a way to stop gun ownership because a really bad parent made this decision. And now we're going to do that. We're going to hold that responsible for all parents who have guns. If, you're, if your minor child shoots somebody, you're guilty. Yeah. That's, I don't want that. That's what concerns me is um, what's this going to lead to. And just like I've seen stuff with um, the Columbine shooters parents and what their responsibility of it is. And um, yeah, there are signs, but it seems like there's a, a uh, it's kind of like families who have serial killers. Um, like a serial killer brother or something like that. And later on, they kind of connect the dots and they're able to see like, crap, this is what's going yeah, on. Nobody's expecting to really do it. In. Yeah, but it's like uh, the, the guy who shot up all those people in Vegas, his brother, you could tell he was really trying to figure out how to handle that situation because a lot of people were like, how do you not know your brother was going to be a mass shooter? And it's a hard question to answer because it's like, yeah, they're a little bit messed up. I can see that something's going on with them, but it's hard to be that close to somebody and think that they would actually pull off something. I bet along you, those lines. you know, that mother on, uh, on, on, uh, you know, the old show, the, uh, where the old men have the boy. What's that called? Oh, uh, secondhand lines. Secondhand lines. Yeah. How she was mm-hmm. just emotionally messed up different guys and all that good stuff. I'll bet you that woman thought her husband, her, her, her son yes. was just a cute little thing. Was He's a little bit mischievous, but he would never shoot somebody. And you can hate people. Like you can really just say you are the, you're the scum of the earth. I dislike that you had children in the first place. I feel, I actually feel bad for the kid who gets raised in an environment like that because um, they, obviously like they get their own mental issues from what happens with their parents, like how they're raised and how they're treated. And so it's just a really sad situation. Um, but my concern is what, what impact that would have on future parents. And yeah, anyway, I, I, I look at the simple fact, a few reasonable things to do in that situation as a parent could have prevented it. Okay, she's guilty yeah, of being you, a bad parent. You lock a gun up, you store the ammunition in a separate place, lock, trigger and, trigger lock on the gun, even if it's locked up. Yeah. I mean, there could be some things. Now, I'll be honest, uh, I've never put trigger locks on my gun as well. I have it in the lock safe. But, uh, you know, again, my son isn't this kid who wants, you know. Well, you know, the big difference there is. At least I don't think. You know what the big uh, difference there is? Your son never needed to do a gun. Needed your son never needed a gun to do great damage. Oh. <laughs> Having eight sons and one daughter, I had trigger locks on all my weapons, firearms. Yeah, I, you know, I had one son. You know, but you know, I'd say he. Uh, I don't know. I just never did. Well, I would say, like again, like the difference here is y'all are good parents, and um, that's that is what was lacking here, but. Like, when do you make, I don't know. I bet you if you got into her head, guys, I bet you if you got into her head, you could get on Neuralink and find out what she's thinking. I guarantee you, (laughs) she, I guarantee you, she did not think her son was capable of doing that. And 
yeah. I guarantee you she thought he, there's no way he would do that. And whenever it, like, it, whenever it comes to gun safety and stuff like that, too, uh, just in, in a really stupid brain where everything is magical flowers and nothing is going to go wrong, um, she's probably thinking he's 15 years old. I don't think that he's going to hurt himself with the gun. Like, and I, I understand anybody who actually knows gun safety is going to be like, that's stupid. You need like all of this stuff to protect your kids from guns. But you got dumb people doing dumb things. And, um, and she's probably not thinking about like, it's probably not on a radar that he's going to go hurt other people. But, uh, because that just seems to be the consensus of a lot of these people who have family members who end up doing horrible things. And, um, of like, it's, I understand being pissed off at her. Um, and for her, I, I, I get that she made herself, like she got herself into this situation, but it's concerning that it's criminal. I agree. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm, I'm, I think it's crossed the line. We can't, yeah. The person who does it is the person who's responsible. Exactly. Criminally, in my opinion, not the person who right. ignored it. He knew what he was doing. He was tried as an adult. That's yeah. it. Now, that's me. I, 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 listen, I want to say this on the air. I sympathize with that position that that someone who is responsible looks at this and goes, no way would I do that. All right. And, and I want to say this, that that's how you have to win that now case. You have to convince the doctors that are looking at it because you have three doctors look at them. They've got to be convinced they would never do that or you're going to lose. If they can see themselves doing it, mm-hmm. they would they, 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 they're that way. So I see where you're coming from, Dwayne. But as a, I, I will say this, that, the old, that this is what I'm going to suggest after hearing that, this case. I think we should ban all firearms. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> so I, I disagree with that, and here's why. I was actually kind of in her situation in a way. <clears throat> Western High School basically got shut down one day on a Friday because of an alleged that one of my triplets were going to shoot up the school and it spread like wildfire and parents withheld their kids. They didn't go to school that day. And I got a call from the principal that said, don't let my boys go to school that day. And the deputy's coming over to your house. So I can let you in on that story. One time it turns out it was somebody else, both cyber bullying and in-person bullying that spread that rumor that way. But how I parent and our firearms and how I um, stored them and the nature and history of my kids and their social media posts is what made it where very quickly the interview and the investigation turned out. There's no trouble found here. It's the other side that's making up all the garbage. Well, I, what's, but what's your point, though? I mean, I, I agree. That's my, my that's point, that the Second Amendment is a right. Oh, I was kidding. And, and was... a privilege, but it's also a huge responsibility. Okay, I agree. I agree. And she was irresponsible. We give it out, but you're making my point. You can't see yourself doing that. But, but, but Dwayne, you're not normal either. You're smarter than everybody else. So, so, so that's that's. I mean, it's just true. You're not stupid. Some people yeah. are stupid. You know, that's how I see it. Glenn, we're not going to have time for you to get to the, to the amendment, Second Amendment. You have to do it, you have to do it tomorrow. Well, this kind of bled into the Second Amendment, didn't it? It did. It did, but it's a minute 30 into this thing. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to 
We have to bleed in. This out. is going to take a while, too, by the way. Okay. Well, what's funny is that's how I was going to do that. I was going to bring it in that way, but there was not enough time. I, I appreciate all of you guys. I don't think that we resolved anything uh, in, in, in really any of these cases, but I'm going to tell you the reason is, is because they're not easy as everybody thinks they are. And that is no. as obvious as it was is that Colorado can't keep Trump off the ballot. You just know it. You go like, no. They don't have the right to do that. You don't know how to do it. You got to come up with a vehicle to do it. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. And then, and then we all know that you got to stop your sons from going to school. But the question is, how do you stop the stupid people from doing that? Yeah. And then you know, and then in the case that I'm talking this immunity thing, I agree that you can't have uh, presidents committing crimes, but you also can't let every prosecutor in the country. Wait until they get out of office and file suit against them for crime. We can't do that either. If we, if we stop right now with the three appellate judges ruling and we just let it go with that, there will be lawfare ad nauseum yep. for every yep. president yeah. leaving office. Yeah. Every. Trump has said it in his own words. Yeah, right. We can't let it go with that. Either, no, either side can't let it go with right. that. We've got to solve it. That's exactly right. That's I hope I made that point, but you're exactly right. And I'll, I will say this. It's the same thing with that New York lender law uh, litigation. If they do that to Trump, New York City will die. Who in their right mind would borrow money on a building to build a building in New York if you later they don't like your politics and they can exactly right. And then who in the right mind would go to Delaware now and and open a corporation when they can take away your fifty five million billion dollar salary? Yeah. Only Democrats, only hardcore Democrats left side because they would feel the protection amulet around their neck. Mm-hmm. And this, and this, we didn't get to talk about this one today. We'll talk about maybe tomorrow. We'll talk about the Stein litigation. How ridiculous it was! He was not injured. They said he committed that, that Stein did defame him. I'm not sure what he did to defame him because I could never find anything else about it that was false. The closest thing he did was he said, "You can compare this to Sandusky, Penn State, because the same president protected Sandusky, protected man in his work. Never said he was a." A, a serial killer who's just saying that, that Penn State was unfortunately had a very bad criminal president at the time who did go spend time in jail as a felon. So, so that's all he was saying, but long or short of it is this is what Dwayne said. Only Democrats look at each case and go, really, I don't think so. I think they know they're destroying it. I think it's part of their system. They're wanting us to take the I black think they start that way, James, knowing that they're kind of destroying it. But then they repeat it enough, they start to believe it. Man. Okay, look, thank you so much, guys. We got to run. I appreciate absolutely all three of you being on here with me. I appreciate our listeners. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to go over Glenn's Second Amendment cases and probably Stein. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.